0: Hello, hello, beautiful soul. Welcome to another episode of Unapologetically Abundant Podcast. I have a special, I even want to say special, sexy, juicy guest for you today. So I'm willing that you will be tuning in and maybe like for you, for us, it's going to be happy ending of your day. So let's not like... Overpromise and underdeliver. I know she always our guest, Lucy Lampa, always overdelivers, and I am looking up to her so much because not only she is a successful entrepreneur and has so many beautiful accomplishments, she is an amazing mother of four. But she is truly the embodiment of the wild feminine. Like when I look at her, when I'm in her essence, I feel freedom. I feel expressiveness. I feel radiance and vibrancy. And I was telling her, I was like, your zest for life and your life energy, like turn me on in the best way possible. Because when we can see women who learn to heal who walk the path, who embody who they came here to be. It's so life-giving and so inspiring. So Lucy, thank you for everything you are not only doing, but everything you're embodying because people can really feel you. You are truly moving, not only women, but I know you also work with couples, which is so fantastic. I love that you're bringing it on. You're bringing it on, you're bringing it in, women, men, you know, couples really coming together in a sacred union, because I feel like when we can become conscious about our energies, honoring ourselves, honoring our partners, honoring our families, our bodies, we are shifting the world. So you're such a world shifter. And I'm so thankful to be sitting here with you. Oh my God. Thank you for that. I felt, I just, I feel the love.
1: I feel the love Thank and I'm you. honored to be here.
0: Thank you so much. And like I said, like you have accomplished so much in your life and I'm I'm curious, like, how did you step into that free wild version of you? Because I feel mm. like, As you know, I've experienced it myself, but I see it in my clients. There is very often a lot of guilt. There is a lot of shame. There is a lot of taboos. There is a lot of conditioning. And we are like Mm -hmm. peeking out a little bit, but then see really what it can feel like and look like when woman really embodies her wild one. I was like, sign (laughs) me up for that, (laughs) <laughs> what to you to become this free this self-expressive and how you are now teaching it to others
1: yeah well okay let's see I'll I'll, I'll try to give you the condensed version um well I guess I, what I will say is from as far as I can remember I've always felt that there is a magic like like my life is meant to be magic. And I almost drowned when I was a toddler. I've almost died twice in my life, once after giving birth to our second child and once when I was a toddler. Um, and I just I remember this feeling of oh, I'm here for something. Like my this what I'm experiencing matters, and I'm not here to just to hustle and 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 pay bills and die, you know I'm I'm not here for this. Um, but somewhere along the way in my childhood, uh, my my parents. I'm from Peru originally. Uh, my parents had moved to the states. We we moved to the states with my brother as well. And my parents got in uh, became Christian, um, evangelical Christian, Southern Baptist. And so from then on, my the rest of my childhood was very uh, was very contained all of that kind of magic that i was connecting to before it had to be had to have the label of stamp of approval from the church mm-hmm. and so a lot of that like magic was kind of i i i disconnected from it i disconnected from my eros from my my sense of aliveness and like just feminine you know creativity in a lot of ways but i was always very um creative still i um, just had to do it in ways that felt safe and permissible. Um, And of course, you know, becoming a young woman and going through adolescence, that was a tough time to figure out sexuality and my body and my pleasure. And uh, oh my God, I'm going to go to hell for masturbating. I can't do that. You know, just all of these things that piled on. Um, And I met my husband in college. We got married during college, had our first kid a year later. And then another one a year after that. Um, Now, none of this about sexual healing and erotic liberation and and, and feminine, divine feminine, divine masculine was anywhere on my radar for years after becoming a mother. Our oldest two are in high school. Our younger two are in elementary school. And what really ultimately catapulted me into the work that I do now was in 2015, when about a decade into marriage, My husband started to have these mysterious pains and for about two and a half years, he was depressed and pretty much disabled from doing the things that he was used to doing and that he wanted to do, which included even being able to change a diaper. And it was during that time that I was pregnant with our fourth kid and we had a a barely one year old um, and I developed an autoimmune disorder during that time. And it only got worse after he, after our son was born. So in that time, in that season, I was also financially responsible for all of our expenses in Southern California um, and trying to babysit my husband. You know, I was like, no, I, I don't like anything about this. This is too much. My body is literally saying, no, we can't do this. And I knew that something had to change. I was really at the end of my rope. I, all of the things that were offered to me by the church at the time, what, what, they were not working. I couldn't just give it to God. I couldn't do all these things that I had been telling people that they should be doing all my life until that point. And I started to just be more open-minded and open-hearted to different solutions and alternative modalities and healing. And and um, began doing some deeper work around trauma that I didn't even know I had. Um, and And discovering more parts of myself that had been tucked away. So from there, everything has just been a, a continuous unfolding. My husband started to do his work as well, his inner work. and and then we we and now it's a collaborative effort that we are both growing in union together these past seven years now. Um, so I I, I, w- I can't really say that it was a an easy path. <laughs> it is uh, the pain in life is what ultimately, directed me back to this path of reclaiming my essence and my magic and my life force energy. Um, and along the way, a lot of things have helped me with that, like the self-pleasure practice, dancing, letting myself just move embodied and in my body, um, and, and letting myself uh, connect with my feminine essence, which is so much more than just the soft, open, gooey parts, you know, <laughs> as you've seen on my page. That is really a a huge part. That was a big part of reclaiming my own power.
0: Wow. That is so powerful and inspiring. And um, how long you're with your husband now?
1: Um, This year will be 17 years that we've been married. Oh
0: my gosh. And yeah, (laughs) we were young. We didn't know anything about anything. And we're like, let's get married. (laughs) Isn't it like so amazing that just sometimes life brings you people that you're meant to grow with? You know, yes. your husband going through his health challenges, and you going through your challenge. Did he? Did he? Was yeah. he able to heal his health challenges? Yeah.
1: Well, so he he was diagnosed with something. He's a veteran also, and he he was eventually diagnosed after some unnecessary surgeries. That's another story. But um, but yeah, for a while that dictated his his life. And then it didn't. And he started um, doing yoga and he started doing more of these emotional release, emotional healing, releasing trauma from his body. Um, we've explored plant medicine and these different things have, oh, it's been transformational. So he's a new man. He is a new man from what he because was. Then. I,
0: you know, like I didn't know like 2015 history. I stuck just like the past like year, you know, or a couple and yeah. I I would never guess, you know, because you two are so radiant together and it seems like there's such a beautiful like symbiosis and it's so inspiring, you know? So there's so many things I wanna dive into. So (laughs) um, I'm very curious, you know, because some of my clients, they do come from a very strict religious background. And I know how much it can impact who they are being, how they are expressing themselves. And I work with several women that, you know, have to be healing and reconnecting to their family in a different way. It was challenging for them to even share their truth. So what was that shift for you and your family? Like, was it smooth or was it like your family wanted to force you? Yeah, imagine it's not going to be the smooth part, but I'm like, like share with us, you know, what about the women who are like, but my family is deeply religious, I don't want to break their hearts, like I don't want, I want to, I want to express myself and I'm afraid, I don't want to hurt them, and I also want to be myself, how they can create make it work. I mean, it is,
1: it can be messy. I will not sugarcoat it for me. It was not easy. There was a lot. There were a lot of conversations with my mother who is at her own, you know, has her own things and she's a human. And for me to separate them, the mother, the mother energy and the the divine mother from my human mother, that was a whole process of its own for me to be able to tell my mom, like, Hey, I, yeah, I'm going to the nude peach with my husband. I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm a sex coach. I talk about masturbation, like I I teach women, you know, all these things about how to connect with their bodies, and there was a lot of shame. There was a lot of shame that came up for her that I am her daughter. So I, these are the hard conversations that we've had to have throughout the years of me saying, "Mom, this is not about you. I just this is who I am. This is who God made me to be. Like I am doing the Lord's work, Mom. <laughs> I literally am.
0: Somebody has you to try, do it."
1: <laughs> yeah like this is this is like this is my blueprint this is where my essence is where i come alive and uh and there has come a place of healing and peace and acceptance between us um, because i did just do it anyways and it didn't have to be a big fucking you know family type of thing and honestly initially it was because that was just that energy awakening in me and i had to figure out to direct that which is a big part of this whole wild feminine energy i talk about is when it's dormant okay everything is can kind of seem peaceful we can maintain status quo we're not offending anybody and as it begins to awaken it can all of the distortions are going to come out all of the distorted expressions of that feminine we just bring awareness to that which is something i do now in my work but then when you integrate that oh, there's so much love and there's so much power and so much wisdom and so much healing that we can just extend to others simply by being. And so I had to become that and go on my journey before I could heal this thing with my mom and begin reconnecting with my family. So this looks different for everybody, but that's just what it looked like for me. And then as far as my immediate family, you know, like just my husband, I was the first one to say, I don't identify with this faith anymore. And that was scary because what if he said, well, then I can't be with you because I can't be equally unequally yoked, but that didn't happen. There is such a a deep trust that we have to lean into that when we are living in our truth, when we are aligned with our hearts, that we are not going to, uh, that we're going to be okay, that whatever happens, it's going to be perfect for us and that is something that has that sustained me <laughs> through every difficult, uncomfortable decision that I've made, every coming out moment, because coming out to me is not just somebody saying, hey, I'm gay, or I'm queer, or I'm, I'm lesbian, or, you know, it's it's every time we expose something about ourselves that we could be rejected for, or judged for, and um, he embraced that, and he was curious, my husband. He was a little bit scared, He was honest about being scared. I don't know what you're doing with your witchy stuff. What are these tarot cards? What are these oracle cards? What is this like whole shamanic thing you're doing? Like, I don't understand. But now he's, he actually went deeper into it for a while than I did. Mm -hmm. So uh, there are these things that you just got to follow your heart and your truth and trust that you will be guided. Let yourself be guided by love instead of fear.
0: Oh, and this is so beautiful. This can be applied with everything, you know, with our relationships, romantic relationship, with our business, with our yeah. clients. Yes. Entrepreneurship and relationships are our biggest teachers, really, because it will yeah. bring up whether we like it or not. It will bubble all up. And it, nice. it's so beautiful. You're having these like honest um, real conversations with your husband. And it's something that I've been practicing with my husband really from the beginning of our relationship. We have like a yeah. weekly, uh, weekly money date, but also weekly relationship and business dates. Yes. Because it, it's so important to check in. It's so important to see how we are feeling because we can go through life and feel like just like getting by and things are getting stuffed. Yeah. Under and speak about it. So having a safe space, mm-hmm. Or we can speak because we have like few questions there that we are like answering there. One of them, it's the most triggering one. What makes you want to pull back? Because there is always something like you didn't do this or you said this or this is what I'm experiencing. And if we let it be, oh, it's not a big deal, you know. It will like all build up. So I'm curious, with your husband, I love how you're growing together and how you how you give each other space to like individual and coming together. I feel like that is so important. Seventeen years of marriage, it's wonderful. And I am curious, and I know you're teaching about it, but I I wanted to say it on a podcast. I'm curious, what is the secret to the intimacy in relationship? Like I said, like right now, intimacy, it's for me. Cuddle me, hold the belly up, you know? (laughs) know? Um, But I want to look at the long-term. I love my husband dearly. I am deeply attracted to him. And I also like... Of course, I'm noticing there is a difference, you know, how we are changing because we're both soulful entrepreneurs, the plate can be full, baby, it's coming, how can you keep that erotic, sensual, intimate relationship, you know, where you can both feel alive and you can both feel like... I personally am monogamic person, like, monoga- you know, like one partner, that's that's all I can take. <laughs> so for me, I I, I want to be devoted to that partner. I yes, want to yes. me too. I hear you. How can we make it so it doesn't go into routine or how you get busy with life? Baby, you are a mommy of four, so please tell me. How yeah yeah, that yeah spark even if that spark changes so you're still and i saw how your husband is looking at you i saw the the videos <laughs> yeah. it's it's like so
1: juicy how do you oh, It can that? get better It can get better with time here's the thing people will say oh, well, you can't sustain. No, because the time, it's not just about the time, the length of time, the length of years. It's that all of the things that life will present you with the universe gives you these, this curriculum through your life. Like here's your, here's your learning material. Here's your training ground. So go. (laughs) And so you have, you just, you get to be open with what's present for you in that season. And so part of that, Part of uh, all of this uh, is honoring the seasons. So for example, I, I know that um, right after having each baby, you know, I, I didn't feel very, very energized. I was tired. I was up every couple hours feeding. We're trying to figure out how to take care of our other kids too and feed this one and, and go, go about life. And, and there are different ways that life will invite us to expand. We just have to expand our capacity, not just our capacity for for things and activity, but our capacity for love. And so that perspective shifts help, help a lot. The honoring the seasons in the ebbs and the flows of our sexual desire. When I was breastfeeding, I didn't want my boobs touched. No, like I, they're full, they're tender. They were just, they would just squirt everywhere. No, just leave them alone. <laughs> I needed time to heal. I had different, you know, scars and cuts and lesions and things down here that needed needed time and space to heal. So every time that there's kind of an unusual curveball, you know, thrown your way, it's an opportunity to get more creative about how are you going to keep the Eros alive. And the Eros is more than just the sexual piece. The set there's a, a someone whose work I love, Mark Gaffney, he has a book called A Return to Eros. That if this interests you at all, anyone listening, I'd highly recommend that book. Um, he co-authored it with Christina Kincaid, and they talk about how eros, the erotic, is the the heart of life itself. It's that aliveness, that aliveness, that um, life force essence, and the sexual models the erotic but it cannot contain the full erotic essence that we are because it collapses under it. This is why no amount of really good sex will ever be enough because we, this is, we long to just be who we are, which is erotic, alive beings. And so how can we bring that erotic aliveness and the playfulness and the deeper emotional intimacy into those seasons where maybe sex itself isn't happening as much, or maybe sex looks different. Because, like for my husband, right, um, chronic uh, ill, uh, uh, chronic pain, or having a flare-up, or whatever he would be going through, um, or a tough life season, or getting ready to move or traveling, you know. So it's honoring the ebbs and flows first, and second, recognizing where we're being invited to get more erotically curious and creative. And uh, most recently, my husband did a, a an extended water fast. He only had water for forty one days, and um, and during that time, there was there was no sex, there was no sexual just energy, that in in the in the in the explicit way. So we that was that was our invitation in our journey to go even deeper into how do we cultivate how do we not only not lose the intimacy emotionally that we have and the erotic aliveness. But how can we expand that? How is this an opportunity to actually grow in that together? And so then when we started having sex again, sex has taken on a whole different experience. So you get to navigate these chapters and seasons together over time and um, and not only expand sexually, but see how that is a reflection of how you are embodying your full expression in all the other areas of life.
0: Mm. So amazing. So how can we check in with ourselves to know where we are? Because I don't believe there is like checklist, like when this is happening, this is,
1: it's
0: it's so different and it's so intuitive. And I understand that, but you're an expert, right? You're a sex coach or relationship, you know, like coach, you have been embodying and practicing this for years and, and teaching it so many people. For those who are just beginning on their journey, you know, how is that they can check in and know what would it even be like, the fullest expression of themselves? How they can check in to know where they are and how they can come together in this.
1: Oh, yeah. So this is very much an individual and a partnered thing. So individually there is the work of recognizing the parts of ourselves that we still judge that we reject that we shame that we disown that we're like nope that's too much nope that's not enough that is where your gift is to reclaim that those are the parts that have are still fragmented and not integrated when you call those parts home you and you give them a safe space to exist in your life um, there are three for example three faces of the exiled wild feminine that i teach on in my wild feminine course is and one of them is the crazy bitch for example that one was the hardest one for me because when i would get so activated i would just ah, i was so crazy like literally crazy somebody might just admit me into something and it was that that resistance was so strong i knew there was a deep profound gift in that for me to go deeper into that. What is the gift in this? Because I'm only experiencing the shadow of it. And so if I give this part of me space to exist, like in this very office right here, I have done a lot of rituals and definitely in our house previous to this, I did a lot of work in that house. Um, but giving it space to just give her a voice, to give my inner crazy bitch a voice, to let her roar, to let her just get all of the distortions and the things out. And the more that we just let that out in a contained safe space instead of waiting until something activates us so intensely that it comes out at somebody else. Because then there's all kinds of collateral damage and you can still repair from that and grow through that, yes. But if you also give yourself space for these parts of you that you, you feel resistant to, to exist and to speak to you and speak through you, and for you to become more at home in yourself, mm. in the full range of your emotions, the more comfortable you are in that, the more you bring that in an integrated way into your partnership, and you're both doing that, oh my God, you can reflect back to each other, what, you know, the, our own blind spots.
0: Mm.
1: And that, that's a whole other thing. But um, yeah, this is it, the self-awareness. If there's one thing I would say to look to look for is what do you resist about yourself?
0: Mm. Mm. such a beautiful place to start you know because it's so easy to just like put it under the rock and it's not important it's not a big deal but it's like anytime you're ignoring anything your mama of four so you know like when you ignore kids it will just get louder exactly it's just like that and the same happens with our beliefs and the things that we're trying to bury so deep inside And when we can let it come up, I feel like we can heal it and let it pass so much faster versus like somewhere in the corner. I feel like it's always like, it's like this leaking energy. I know there is something in the back that I'm trying to ignore. I'm trying not to look back, you know? So the self-awareness and recognizing all parts of ourselves and embracing it, because the thing is when you embrace it, Nothing else matters. Like if others do or don't, that's just a plus. Cherry on the top. But if you don't embrace yourself, like how can anyone else, how can your partner do that? You yes. know If
1: you can't see them, you can't see each other. You can't have intimacy. But a lot of people get scared that if they give this part of them a voice, it's going to take over. The irony in that is it's already controlling unconsciously. So when you give it a voice and it feels safe and heard and accepted you can let let that pass mm. let the impulse behind it pass
0: mm. Loved it so much. Um, one last thing I wanted to dive into because I have some single ladies. Yes. We have some clients my husband. We created a, a short, and it was really private. We just wanted to see if we like it, if we will have fun with it. We created, of course, Lasting Love, how to attract the love in your life. Um oh. I'm curious, you know, for you, I know you're teaching individuals and couples and, you know, about sacred union. And so often I'm hearing from women. Now it's hard to find a good man. Now it's hard Mm. to, you know, find someone who can embrace me fully. And, and, you know, it's like whatever you're declaring, that's what you will be experiencing. Yeah, That's how my past relationships were. Um, But for those who are single right now, and they're like, well, I'm single for years and I cannot find anyone and I'm doing the inner work. Like, how would you guide them? What would you tell them so they can shift and attract the person that will align with who they are and who they are becoming?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, the, a big thing, this is, this is something I hear a lot too. I don't get as many of this as I do the question of how do I get my partner who we got together when we were both unconscious, how do I get him to become more conscious? Which to be honest, I feel like is a bigger ask, (laughs) like a more stressful thing because they're living with the man and they're like, oh, I hate who he is, you know, just this part of them. Maybe hate is a strong word, but there's a strong resistance. And so that's the work that I'm used to going into very intimately, but the same thing applies here. In both contexts, here's here's the common ground of that is that when she is really allowing herself to be as fully expressed in her radiance, in her, own, in her wholeheartedness, and she is putting her heart out there, she is leading with her heart, she's living with an open heart, and she's open to where love is flowing in, which isn't necessarily where a relationship is ready to come in, but where are those places that she might be cutting off the flow of love because it's it's out of her comfort zone or it's unfamiliar. Um, So looking for those opportunities to where can I be more open to love? Where can I be more in service to love? Where can I be um, more of a conduit of love? This is the very same thing that when I feel cut off from the flow of love, or I'm not feeling the flow between me and my husband or between me and my kids or anyone that I really love and care for, the first thing I ask myself is where, uh, how can I, how can I embody love more? Mm. That is what is magnetizing more of this to us. Cause we are it, we are it, we lack nothing. And so that is going to come as it is meant to come. Um, another thing is um, the sisterhood. I think it's so important to have sisterhood. I think there are a lot of women in, in what I, when I, what I see who um are kind of like they're single, but it's not just about being single. It's that they feel alone. And so having the this, this sense of community and especially sisterhood, there's something really sacred about that. Um, there's there's a lot in that that I think. Kind of gets left out in the traditional dating world. Women are pinned against each other instead of uniting as sisters.
0: Hmm. So powerful, and um, where can we find? I mean, you are happily taken, I'm happily taken for the women, you know, like where do you feel that? And and I know it's like anywhere, but what do you feel nowadays? Where can women yeah. find love? And we know it's not going to be on a bar or on a party, if right. you <laughs> conscious part, of it, let's be honest, but. What like how the world is shifting and changing, you know, like, because they're saying like, you know, I'm going on all these dates or 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 I don't even get on the dates. Yeah. Or using the apps and yeah, frustrated. So what do you feel like it's a good place to attract conscious men? Yeah, well, I'll tell you what I would do if I was single
1: or if I was looking for a man to, you know, a conscious man. I would go to the places that would attract those kinds of men. So in San Diego, it's a lot easier to find these events because there's a lot of that kind of consciousness, you know, awareness of these things. There are um, events held in yoga studios that are not all about yoga, but they're like drum circles and full moon dance parties and um, things like that. Maybe festivals that have like this like conscious spiritual aspect to it. those are the kinds of places that I would go to be around the kind of tribe that I would want to be around anyways. That's that, that's the simplest way that I would approach it.
0: We'll see, you're amazing, you are such a bright light and you're like literally shifting where this world is heading, when women can feel safe in their feminine, when men can feel empowered in their masculine, and they come together, they're creating completely different energy, different families, we're all rising together. So I am so thankful yeah. for the work you're creating and what you're embodying in the world. Um, is there anything like last feeling on your heart that you would love to share with our audience?
1: Mm. Well, the thing that has been the biggest on my heart for a while now is just how we can let love guide us, honor the illusions of fear, because that can feel very real, but ultimately knowing that we're meant to be guided by love and that's what's going to lead us to our most fulfilling and incredible lives
0: Mm, you two are incredible thank you so much lucy for everything you're creating in the world for being here today i can't wait to launch this podcast i know it's going to inspire so many women and so many listeners to step back and tap back into the love and really embrace and embody the most authentic version of themselves. So thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me here. This is a beautiful space. I'm really honored to share it with you.